that Ronald Reagan's second inaugural, uh, Frank Sinatra, organized the gala, and he had little, little Emmanuel Lewis, a little African-American television star at the time, introduce Don Rickles. And as Rickles walked up, the little, little Emmanuel Lewis handed him the microphone, and he said, be funny. And, and, and Rickles, Rickles, respond, Rickles responded, it's the first black kid I've ever seen who will never play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> As only Rickles could. Well, what are we hearing today? Be holy. I, the Lord God, am holy. And my response, my first response is, <laughs> that's easy for you to say. Huh? Uh, and... and, 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 and because, um, because he's God. Because God is holiness. Although, although how we define what our concept of the divine really is is going to make a big difference as to how we strive to be holy or how we strive to be perfect. But we got to still realize that it's God. You know, Cardinal Avery Dulles once went by a, a church and, and on the church it, it had a it had a sign, and, and, and the sign said, uh, uh, God is other people. And Dulles was a little upset by that, so he went, and he, he, he went up to the sign, and he put a, a, a comma. And he said, God is other, comma, people. Don't you understand that God is totally other? And St. Paul is alluding to that today. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so high is God's ways from our ways. And if we think we have human wisdom, it's utter foolishness in the eyes of God. Give me God's foolishness against my wisdom any day, Paul is saying. For God's ways simply are not our ways. And yet Jesus today is telling us in no uncertain terms to follow God's ways. Listen to what he says. Be perfect, and this is how he concludes. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's almost as easy as saying, be funny. It's easy, Jesus, for you to say, because perfectionism doesn't really exist in this world of ours. As a matter of fact, perfectionism, perfection is basically only a mathematical concept. Yet Jesus somehow today has the audacity to say, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, by the way, you do know that, and I'm sure you've all heard by now, that's a step in the right direction. Because before Moses gave him the law, an eye for an eye and a tooth for the tooth, if you take out one eye, I want an eye and an ear and maybe a lip. I want to get back many, many more times than you've given to me. So you only get one eye for one eye. But then, of course, the great charismatic Jesus is going to change it and say, but I say to you, and here's the one that really gets us, offer no resistance to the one who is evil. That's really hard to swallow. Uh, Walter Wink, the, the theologian, uh, once, once wrote that he, he really believes this is a, a bad translation. He, he says what it should be is do not counter evil in kind. 
what, what he's basically saying is don't become a mere image of what you are encountering. The, the, the emotion of evil, especially when it is thrust upon us and it's blatant, is for us to fight back, is to get back. And of course, at that point, and that's the old Chinese proverb, choose your enemies carefully, you always become what you hate. And the great reality is that you cannot fight evil directly. It does not mean you do not need to stand up to it. You do need to stand up to it. And you do need to announce it. And you do need to expose it. But you can't fight it directly. Evil has a thousand eyes. You know, the only way you're ever going to really deal with evil is to sneak around and bite it on the butt. Be subversive. And Jesus is very subversive. Uh, Many, many, many times we find him, especially when he's dealing with the Pharisees and he's sneaking around and he's biting them basically on the butt saying, look at how how you are looking. But to direct it directly, when you fight fire with fire, everybody gets burnt. So Wink is saying, just don't respond in kind. For the danger, and this is the great danger, is the danger of revenge retaliation, and escalation. It's always going to become more and more and more, and it never ends. I don't remember if you, if you remember the old movie, The Untouchables. Sean Connery is up in a, a, a choir loft, I think, in a church, and he's talking to Elliot Ness. And he's saying, Elliot Ness is trying to, how, how can I get Capone? And, and Connery's saying, only the Chicago way. The Chicago way is like this. They bring a knife to the fight, you bring a gun. They send your man to the hospital, you send his man to the morgue. This violent reaction is human. This idea of getting back and hurting back is human. It's not divine. It's not God. And yet it really is very much within our, our human nature. We, we even have a name for it. It's called the, the myth of redemptive violence. It, it's mythical in the sense that, that we believe it, but it really has no basis in reality because it doesn't work. And if you remember, the, there was an old movie called Destry Rides Again. It's an old Jimmy Stewart western where where he is the the nephew of this wonderful hero, and they think he's going to come back because the bad guys have taken over the town. Of course, Destry comes in, and he's just very mild and milquetoast and easygoing, and and they're making a laughing stock out of him, and they push him, and they push him, and they push him, and then finally he rebels, and he fights and kills all the good guys, and everybody in the town is happy for a little bit because it will repeat itself. It is the nature to repeat itself. Martin Luther King said it so clearly. If we live only by an eye for an eye, sooner or later, the whole world is going to be blind. And yet that's, that is the most human of our emotions. As a matter of fact, the, the anthropologist René Girard once said that this is the thing that moves history. Who hurt who, and then who got back at who. The nature of revenge is what moves all of history. So if you go to a town, what do you see at the, at the, at the entrance of almost every town is, is a war memorial. 
and how we fought our war and how we won our war and how our good people and until the next war because revenge is revenge may wait you know the saying that revenge is a is a, a is a plate or a meal best served cold what we're experiencing right now in the ukraine is nothing less than revenge putin was humiliated when the soviet union collapsed and now he wants that greatness only because he believes in the the false story that they were so great in the first place and they had that greatness again and he will pay any price to get it again and it's going to repeat and repeat and repeat how does it stop and i think that's what jesus is trying to address today how, how do we stop the cycle of violence how do we stop the cycle of hate how do we stop the cycle of revenge how do we what 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 concrete things are we called to do he, he, he jesus came to bring an end to this but not by destroying evil as i said before it's got a thousand eyes you do it by making it impotent and you make it impotent by absorbing it and then returning the only thing in your purse for it there was only one thing in the purse of jesus when they hung him on a cross the only thing he could give was the core and the essence of who he was and that is love father forgive them they don't know what they're doing they're acting fully in a human manner they're trying to get back and that's the reason this teaching is is so powerful and so dangerous and so difficult very very few truly live this christian message if we profess ourselves to be christians we're called to to live this message which is is most hard we we do have wonderful examples we've got gandhi and we've got martin luther king and 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 we we a couple of years ago we just or a year ago we just buried one of our our national saints and he really was a, a national saint and, and i'm speaking of congressman john lewis uh, this is a, a, a national black history month and, and if you ever get a chance to read his bi biography it's it's magnificent or or, or I, I've heard him once interviewed on, on uh, Krista Tippett's show. And, and he was talking about, you know, came up from slavery, had nothing, saw the evil, confronted the evil, but absorbed the pain, carried the cross. And what does he give back? Love. And the, the, Jesus' command today is, is to love our enemies. That is... That is the near impossible command. The only way we can live that command is to dare to believe that we are not merely human. We're not merely human. St. Paul says it today clearly to the Corinthians. Are you not aware that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? You are the temple of God. Therefore, you, you can stand up. John Lewis called it making good trouble. And he stood up right in the face of the evil. Right in, it's almost like the, 
the, the young girl with the flower standing in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square. He stood in front of the hatred that kept on being hurled at him, and what does he return? Love. He called it the beloved community. The beloved community isn't just the Christians. The beloved community is everyone in the world. We are called to be one body of Christ, and the Christ dwells in all of creation. Now, this can only be done if we, only, if we honestly believe our deepest reality, and that our deepest reality is divine, and that we do have the power to be, and the courage to be vulnerable in the face of evil. If somebody slipes you on the right cheek, and by the way, Jesus lived in a right-handed culture. So if I'm going to slap you on the right cheek and I'm going to use my right hand, the only way I can slap you is backhanded. I can't really clobber you. And so the pain probably is more, more, more emotional and demeaning than it is physical. And his response is, don't respond. Turn the other cheek. If someone presses you into, into service for one mile, this is, this is kind of brilliant. You know, in, in Roman days, the Roman centurions had a right to press any Jewish boy to carry his gear for one mile. That was the law. You could not go two miles. And so what the advice of Jesus is, go the extra mile. Because at that point, he's the one who's liable. He's now the one who's breaking the law. And and I don't know if you've ever noticed or not, if we go that extra mile, that which normally fills us re with resentment begins to fade away because I'm doing above and beyond what is, what is being asked of me. If you love those only who love you, whoopee-doo, whoopee-doo. It's a quid pro quo. It's not a big deal. Even the pagans love the pagans. Even the, even, even, even the, 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 the others love the others. No, no, you are to love in a way that we, that we love, that I love, that God loves. It's that perfect love. Are we going to live up to it all the time? No, we're going to fall on our face. A thousand times we're going to fall on our face, but we're going to pick ourselves up and start again. That's what this new season is all about. This. Why do we repeat over and over again the Lenten season? Because... We have a chance to begin anew every day to, to, to see the ideal and to strive to live that ideal. If, if, if your heavenly Father can do it, so can you. If indeed his spirit dwells in you, and it does.